0: We're going to take a moment, and um, our message today is going to be on the topic of, of God's love. And so, Father, we ask just for fresh revelation when it comes to your love this morning. God, we pray you would breathe into those areas of our lives that you, uh, we have not really experienced your love deeply. God, we pray for a move of your spirit in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, God's love is a subject we talk about a lot here at the Junction. And, uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, say, well, you know, why do you talk about God's love so much? And, and the reason is, is because it is so essential to our faith. And it is such a, a, a piece that uh, of, of God and our relationship with God that really, depends on so much in our life, that a lot of how we act, how we respond to others, how we respond to ourselves hinges on on whether we've been experiencing God's love or not. Uh, Every time we don't do something that is kingdom, often at the core is that we're not really believing in God's love in that moment. Whenever we hurt someone in that moment, we're not really believing in God's love for us. I mean, so much hinges on really allowing the love of God to seep deep into our hearts, that it is something that we need to talk about a whole lot. And the other reason I want to talk about today is because there's been a certain verse that's been on my heart for the last two weeks, and I can't get it out of my mind. A couple weeks ago, if uh, uh, maybe you didn't, it doesn't matter if you did or not, uh, I did a little uh, Lectio Divina on this passage on one of my little midweek clips. And verse 19, ever since... Two weeks ago has been stirring in my mind, and I know, you know, a lot of pastors and teachers say that it's always best to preach and to teach out of what God's doing in your heart, uh, because it tends to, have to be be more anointed, to be more powerful. And this has been on my heart. So let me read this text. Ephesians three. Christ will make his home in your hearts, as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And the verse that I've been thinking through is is verse 19. It says this, may you experience the love of Christ, and then it says then, so may you experience the love of Christ, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That if we want to be made complete and be filled with all the life and power, not that comes from ourselves, but all the life and power that comes from God, then that hinges on us experiencing God's love. Now, if you look at your life today and your heart and your soul, would you say that you feel absolutely complete? Would you say that your heart this morning, is filled to overflowing with with all the life and power that comes from God. Like it's just all the life and power that comes from God just bubbling out of you. I I would hope that some of you would say yes, but probably most of us, and I would even throw myself in that category, that I don't know if I would say that I'm completely complete and constantly overflowing with the life and, and the power that comes from God, that there's always more. And if you want more of the life and power that comes from God to be overflowing in what he has for you, then you just go back. It has to do with experiencing the love of Christ. And this is why this is not some elementary teaching. And sometimes people say, you know, the the love of God, that's just some sort of elementary teaching that we just need to hear once or twice, and then we can get on to deeper things. Actually, there's not a lot more deeper than this. Because over and over again, we see moments in our life that were not overflowing in the life and the power of God, which means that we still need to dig deeper into God's love. That God's love and experiencing his love is one of the most richest, deepest things that we need to keep mining and mining and mining because it brings about completeness and it brings about the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. So I want to begin with this question, and the question is this, uh, what do you see when you look at yourself in the mirror? And maybe you can just picture in your mind's eye standing in front of the mirror, maybe this morning, uh, what do you see? I mean, maybe you see, you know, someone who's getting more gray hair like, like I am, <laughs> maybe uh, you see more wrinkles on your face, or uh, maybe you see a, a new zit, <laughs> or maybe you see someone who is, is just looking tired, uh, maybe you you say you know there's someone who, and it's not all that pretty or whatever it might be. But 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 let's look actually a little deeper. What do you really see when you when you look in the mirror? And you look maybe deeper into your heart, into your soul. Do you see someone who is is just striving for to find purpose? Do you see someone who is just overwhelmed with worry? Do you do you see someone who? just feels that they're not being seen or maybe they're not valued? Uh, Do you see someone who is, you know, just just can't get rid of bitterness? Do you see someone who is maybe a disappointment and you would have hoped for so much more for that person that you're looking at in the mirror? Do you you see discouragement or maybe shame or guilt? I mean, if you see any of those things in yourself when you look in the mirror, then, then God would have to say, that he wants you to experience his love more deeply. I mean, if we approach the mirror and look at ourselves in the mirror, and and, and if one of our first thoughts is not, wow, there is someone who is so loved by God. If that is not one of our initial thoughts, even on a bad day, if, if our initial thought is discouragement or tiredness or worry or depression or just, you know, there's someone who's never measuring up to everybody's expectations, I mean, if your first thoughts are more negative, then there is so much more for you to experience in God's love. Because God would have us want to approach that mirror, even in our brokenness, and even in some of the mistakes we've made, and just first of all look and say, wow, despite all things, there is someone who is so very, very deeply loved by God. And the more we experience that kind of love, the more it'll lead to, power, and life, and all the fullness of God. And, and this is something, that we, again, we just need to constantly, constantly be reminded of. And we see, you know, Paul and others in the Bible constantly reminding people of God's love. In Romans 1, Paul writes to all of you in Rome whom God loves. Or 1 Thessalonians 1, brothers and sisters loved by God. Or Colossians 3, God loves you and has Chosen you. Second Thessalonians 2, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. And of course, John in the whole book of love, he says, How very much our Father loves us. And that is is the truth. Ephesians 3 in the NIV version puts this text this way: I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Again, uh, to be filled to the measure, which means basically filled to the brim of all the fullness of God, how do we get that? Well, he says to know this love. Again, to know and experience the love of Christ causes us to experience being filled to the measure, to be filled to overflowing with the love of God. Or as Romans 5 5 puts it, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That he wants us to be, our hearts to be filled with his love to the measure. And to the measure means to be, to be overflowing, that, that we are constantly to be overflowing in God's love. So that whenever we look at ourselves, we look at ourselves through the overflow of God's love as we see ourselves in the mirror. When we look at others, that we always look at others out of the overflow of God's love in, in our heart. 1 Thessalonians 3 says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. That God wants us to be filled to the measure with his love, to be overflowing again, so that all the uh, encounters we have, that all of our thoughts would be shaped by this overflowing love. And we can illustrate it this way. I'm not sure if you can see it from at home, but I got a a, a jar here that is filled to the measure. It is overflowing, if you will. And and this is the way God wants our lives to be with God's love. That it wouldn't be half filled, that it would actually be overflowing with God's love. And this is how um, our lives are directed towards being filled with power and all the fullness of God. And one of the reasons God wants us to be overflowing with his love is because when things like fear come along, you know what? It can't fit into our heart. And why can't fear fit into our heart? Because it's overflowing with God's love. That This is overflowing so fear can't get in or, or you know, uh, worry can't get in there or, or maybe shame can't get in there or unforgiveness or bitterness or whatever it might be that is, it doesn't smell like the kingdom. It can't fit into our hearts because it is actually overflowing with God's love. And the only reason we allow fear in or discouragement in, or whatever it might be, bitterness and unforgiveness towards somebody is because we're not actually overflowing with God's love. And, and uh, you know, I gotta admit, my, sometimes my heart looks more like this. It's kinda like half full of God's love in the moment. Now I know God is loving me fully, but it's, it's more my, my actions and, and, and the way I'm thinking is, is not overflowing in God's love. And, and again, when it's not overflowing, there's room for fear and discouragement and shame and unforgiveness and, and those things that, that cause us to, to strive to make us ourselves to feel important or whatever it might be, and we try to fill our jar with all kinds of other things. We could also look at it this way: that if our jar is not filled with God's love and we're not overflowing in God's love, we will always look to other things to cause our jars to be filled. Because the reality is God has designed us to live with an overflowing heart of love. That all of us have this deep, deep desire to be loved. And sometimes people say, oh, you know, I don't want to be loved by anybody. But that's actually coming from a heart. All of us, we, we deeply desire to be loved by other people. We want to have our hearts filled with love. And God designed it that way so that we might be filled with his love. And what happens at times is that when we're not filled with God's love, we'll begin looking to other things to, to satisfy us. Maybe we'll look to our career to, to fill up our, our love potion. And, and yet, you know, every job has its disappointments and will always be left empty. Uh, we will look to, to success and to, to maybe money or finances to fill our jar up because you know that's going to bring purpose and meaning to my heart. But again, there's always an emptiness in that. Or we may look to other people, to your spouse, to friends, to others, and say, you know, I, I need you to fill my cup because I, I need to be loved. I need you to fill my cup. And, and that may seem good because we need relationships. But there's no person that can, that can handle the pressure <laughs> of saying to you, you need to fill my cup. Because only God can do that. Because only God has a perfect love. That all other loves out there are, are not perfect, And we need the loves from others, but if we expect a spouse to to fill us up and to top us up, then it'll lead to a discouraging relationship because they'll never be able to measure up. And you'll always be wanting more out of them because God has designed us to live with an overflowing heart that is overflowing with God's love. And so when someone says something nasty to you, it can't stick into your heart because you're overflowing with love. You're like Jesus on the cross, When they're doing nasty things to him, his heart is overflowing with love. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And see, that didn't stick. The ugliness didn't stick, but love was overflowing. And so this is how he wants us to live, overflowing with God's love so that we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And it has to do with experiencing his love. And so we need to learn to experience God's love uh, even more and more deeper. So he says in this text, and this is his prayer, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. That Paul is praying that we would be rooted and established in love. And if if you think about the idea of being rooted, you you could picture a tree that is rooted in the ground, that those roots grow out and, uh, in, in, the, in the ground and that's where the tree gets its nutrients from. That the life of the tree comes from those roots being rooted in nutritious soil. Now, if those roots begin to go out into soil that's not very nutritious or into soil that's been contaminated, that tree will suffer. And this is what happens to us as well. When we send out roots to, to find life, if, if those roots go out into areas that don't have nutrients, and are, you know, are, are, are not you know, fresh and, and good, it'll cause us to feel wilted in our life. And so, so Paul wants us to be rooted, if you will, in God's love. That all of our life should uh, be, uh, we, we should drink from the very love of God. That our roots would not try to find you know, a fullness of heart in, in all those things out there, but it would be found in the love of God, because only the love of God can truly satisfy your heart. And it's when your heart is truly satisfied in the love of God and you're overflowing with his love, do you actually become uh, successful in this world? I mean, one of the most dangerous ways to minister as you're ministering to people is when your heart is half full because you will always minister with mixed motives because if your heart, again, is half full, you will always have a desire to have that filled, and you'll begin to minister out of pride, or you'll begin to minister out of attention, you'll begin to minister in a, in a, in a way that, that you need to have, you know, you know, glory come your way to fill, fill your cup, or, or whatever it might be, even if you're in your marriage. If your cup is not overflowing the love of God, there will always be this that I need, and you got to do this, and you got to try to control, because you're trying to fill your cup. But if we let our roots grow down deep into the love of God, where we're overflowing in his love, then we are filled to power. Then we're in the right place to minister. Then we can step out in in the very love of God. As Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That this tree is bearing fruit, has no worries even when there is drought. Why? Because the roots of that tree are going down to good nutrients. And if we want to be filled to the full measure of of God's goodness and life and power, then our roots need to go deep down into God's Love. And that's where we got to get the source of our life from. And God's love is bigger than, than we think. And it's what Paul also mentions in this text. He says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. And again, this is why this is not just some sort of simple topic. This is why this is not just Christianity 101, because it is actually far too great for us to even understand. Therefore, you can always keep going deeper. You can keep mining more of God's love. That you could stop and just think about God's love. And you can let your mind just go wild and how big and huge and inclusive and amazing and wonderful His love is. And you're just starting to tap the surface of it. I mean, how do you even understand something that is understandable? Well, I think we begin to understand what is the understandable love of God is when you begin to understand that it's far bigger than you could ever imagine, you're beginning to understand that which is not understandable. I mean, his love is amazingly vast. I mean, it's like an iceberg. I mean, often we just made to see the tip of God's love. But I guess under the surface, there is so much love. And often when we live our life, and again, when we look in the mirror, we're just maybe looking at the tip of the iceberg, and that's why we can get so down on ourselves, and you don't realize how big and wide and huge his love actually is for you. I mean, his love is like the ocean. You stand and look at the ocean, and it's so vast, he's like, this is amazing, And sometimes you might look at how much God loves you and say, this is amazing. But I tell you, it's far, far, far more amazing than what you can see. Because the ocean goes all around the globe. The ocean goes down into the depths, into the Mariana Trench, into the darkest places where there is no light. And so too, God's love goes down into your depths and into those places where there is no light. His his love is shining on you. It is bigger and deeper than you could ever, ever imagine. It is like the the universe. You look at the stars and you go, wow, there's thousands of stars up there. But I tell you, there's millions more stars. And and God's love, I mean, you can travel for, you know, a thousand light years in one direction and 10,000 in the other direction and you're just beginning to, to grasp just how big God's love is. I mean, his love for you is a million, billion times more than you can ever imagine. I mean, you can just, just start, to start to fathom someone's love for you. I mean, maybe just start with a human. Uh, just think of a person in your life, maybe it's your mom on this Mother's Day, that loves you more than anything else. And you just picture how much that person is there for you even when you're down and how that love keeps shining even when you're, you're broken and you make mistakes that that person keeps loving you. I tell you, God's love is light years beyond that, is deeper than wider and huger than you can ever imagine. And this is why we need to be able to step in front of the mirror and say, wow, I've really messed up this week, but there is someone whom God loves deeply more than any other person, as wide as the galaxy is, God's love for me, that's the reality. His love is bigger than we think. In fact, in this text, he actually says that it's so big that we actually need supernatural revelation even to begin to understand it. And it's why Paul is praying for this. He says, this is a prayer, and may you have the power to understand that Paul is saying, I want my people to have revelation. Just begin to understand that which at the end he says is too great to understand fully. And maybe we can just pause in this message and just and we can just ask, God, would you give us a deeper revelation of your love? God, would you help us to understand more that which is understandable? Uh, God, would you answer this prayer and help us to dive deeper and deeper into your love that it would saturate every part of us, every DNA molecule of my being, and that I would understand that. So he says here, Paul does in verse 19, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Again, to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God, which I would imagine that's all what we want. We we want that. I mean, just imagine if your life was just filled to the full measure of God throughout life and throughout your days. That every person you encountered, you'd just be filled to the full measure of God. When you had a discouraging day at work, you'd just be filled to the full measure of God. I mean, wow, I want this more and more, and I suspect that you want this more and more. And again, it has to do, Paul says, to know this love. To know this love then. Then you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to know, when Paul says to know here, you need to understand that there's a difference in how we use the word know and how people in the ancient world use the word know. To us, when we say, you know, do you know somebody or know about this, it's, it's, it's pretty much all intellectual knowledge. You know, do you know about this chair? We say, yeah, it's brown and it's got four legs and it's a chair, but to folks in, in the biblical days, to know a chair would be actually to sit in the chair, to experience the chair. And it's what Paul is saying. I mean, we see this used like in the Old King James uh, in Genesis 4:1, it says, Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived. It wasn't like an intellectual knowledge, it was actually an experiential knowledge. And here is actually used in terms of intimate relationships, sexual relations. For Adam to know his wife, it has to do with experience. And this is why the, the, uh, the New Living Translation in verse 19 actually translates it, may you experience the love of Christ. That this is not just a intellectual knowledge of the love of God. This is actually an experiential relationship, connection with God. That if you wanna be filled to all the fullness of the life and power with God, Paul is saying, may you experience Not just know, but experience the love of God flowing in your life. James Jordan from uh, Father Heart Ministries, uh, he says this, When you are not experiencing love, all that you possess is mostly knowledge. But love can only be experienced in your heart. Your heart needs to be open to receive love. You can have a new teaching about love, but it takes an experience in your heart to receive the actuality of love. In other words, love is far more than just knowledge. I mean, this message can never give you an experience of love. It may give you a little bit of a roadmap to go down. It may give you a, a take away some barriers that you have in your mind about God's love, but you actually need to experience it for yourself. And I've met a lot of people who say you know, I've never experienced the love of God. And usually what you find is those people who who only think about God's love up here. You know, I had a class on God's love and I I read about God's love, but they've never actually experienced it. And God wants you to experience his love. Not just here, but it's down here. It's actually to know intimately his love that leads to a place where you're filled with all the fullness of God. And it's so encouraging to hear other stories of people who experience God's love in, in their life and how some people just have moments throughout the day where they just, they just experience these waves of God's love or an overwhelming sense of God's love or even when they're in the darkest, they just sense the love of God. And that can look like a million different ways because it's a relationship. Just as when I hang out with my wife, I can experience her love in so many different ways. There are so many different ways for you to experience the love of God. Sometimes they're dramatic and amazing, and sometimes they're very quiet and very gentle. You know, there's the famous story of of D.L. Moody, how he experienced the love of God one day. It says, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. I can only say that God revealed himself to me. I had such an experience of his love that I I had to ask him to stay his hand. I went to preaching again. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new truths, and yet hundreds were converted. I would not now be placed back where I was before that blessed experience if you should give me all the world. It would be small dust in the balance. You see, someone who had an encounter with God's love who actually experienced it and his life was completely changed because it is actually an experience with God that brings you to a place where you begin to be filled with all the fullness and life and power of God. And all of a sudden, D.L. Moody, you began to experience all the fullness of the life and the power of God and it changed everything. Now, your experience with God's love may be different, but God wants you to experience his love. And if you've never experienced God's love, then start praying this prayer of Paul. Because it's what Paul was praying for, that his people would experience his love. I just say, God, I want to experience your love. And you can begin, begin to ask him things like, God, is what is blocking me from experiencing your love? What, what is blocking me, and maybe in my thinking or in my heart that is blocking me from experiencing your love? And he'll begin to speak to you. Because God wants you to experience his love. And so if you're not, it's not on his part. There must be something, in, in a block in you maybe perhaps that, that God will want to speak lovingly and gently to you. But even more important perhaps than experiencing God's love when things are all beautiful and wonderful because it tends to be easier to experience God's love when things are amazing. You know, just like in a marriage when things are amazing, it's, it's, it's kind of fun and exciting and it's easy to love each other. But what about when things are dark? You see, it can be almost more important to experience God's love in our brokenness. And I suspect that why many people cannot or have not experienced God's love is because they've never been able to open their heart and experience God's love in their brokenness because they're always striving that if I just do things well and if I have everything together and if I just work really hard and please everyone around me and do my devotions, and go to church and do all these things, then God will love me. Then I'll have an experience with God. And they miss the reality that God wants you to experience him right now. Even in your brokenness, even when you're not doing everything right, even when you've had the worst day, God wants you to be able to experience his love. And it is not until you can stand in front of the mirror in your worst day, and even in that moment of of your worst, darkest period, and it's when you're able to be in your darkness and experience his love and understand his love for you. When you begin to understand that God loves you in your brokenness and you've actually been to accept that and welcome that, it is then you're well on your way to experience God's love in deeper ways. In 1 John 1, 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, a lot of times we think in our darkness and our brokenness, and you know, I don't measure up, and I got shame, and you know, I failed this person this week, and you know, whatever it might be, I, I'm filled with worry and, and fear that, that somehow in that darkness, we think that God couldn't love us in that moment. Or at least somehow we tell ourselves that I need to do all these things to get, you know, to enter into God's love. And we fail in the moment of our darkness to actually experience God's love. You see, God's love is bigger than you think. Even in our darkness, his light shines. And even in your darkness, you should be able to experience the love and the light of him loving you even in your worst day. And when you begin to understand the depths of God's love like that, you will begin to experience God's love on a daily basis. Because you begin to realize it's not dependent on whether I have everything together, it's not dependent on whether I mess up or not. God just loves me. He loves me even in my darkness. Romans 5 tells us this it says, When the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Do you see that? While we were lost and ungodly, helpless, weak, and powerless, God loved us to the uttermost. He did the most loving thing possible. He dies for us when we are at our worst. You see, this is why it is imperative that you learn to open your heart even in your darkest moments and be able to experience just how much God loves you in your darkness. He loves you in your brokenness. It's not dependent on what you do. God just loves you. He loves you no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you see in the mirror, God loves you. And if you want to move to a place where you begin to experience God's love, that will bring you to the fullness of his power and life, then no matter what's going on, you walk in front of that mirror and just say, man, there is someone that God loves deeply. And you'll actually find that when you begin to experience God's love in your darkness, that that is a far greater motivator to change than anger or whatever it might be you think that God is doing to you. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. God loves you. You know, it's funny how we don't believe this verse sometimes. He had it right here in Romans 8. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And yet often when we look in the mirror, we say, well, this probably, you know, God's not loving me right now. Or God's just terribly fed up with me. And, you know, I got to do all these things again to have God love me. Actually, the Bible says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. I mean, you think you're going through hell today. God is loving you right where you are. He loves you so much. The light is shining into that darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. No powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. See, the reality is God's love is already there. He's already shining his love in your hearts. It's just a matter of, of opening up your heart and your mind to see it. You know, it's like, you know, uh, in high school, maybe, maybe there was a, in a guy or a girl, you just loved and, and you were just infatuated with them, but they didn't know it because you never told them. <laughs> they are so loved, but they don't know it. Could it be that you today, you don't realize just how much God loves you? Because He does. Even in your darkness, he loves. His love does not fail. Thomas Torrance said this. In his love of us and for us, God freely wills not to be without us and wills to be with us as those whom he has eternally chosen to coexist with himself and share his eternal love. He does not want to be alone without us or want us to be alone without him it is in the cross of Christ that the utterly astonishing nature of the love that God is has been fully disclosed. For in refusing to spare his own son, whom he delivered up for us all, God has revealed that he loves us more than he loves himself. And so it is in the cross of Jesus Christ above all that God has exhibited the very nature of his being. As love, and has irrevocably committed his being to relationship with us in unconditional love. No matter where you are or what you're going through, God is loving you with his being. I mean, one of the most common phrases in the Bible is that his love is unfailing. More than 40 times in the Bible it talks about his unfailing love. So Father... Uh, we just want to acknowledge your love for us in this moment. God, your love for us when things are going well and your love for us when things are not going well. And just take a moment just to think maybe about something you're struggling with today. Maybe something that's causing you shame, that is causing you guilt. Maybe something inside of you that you just would dare not tell anybody. Maybe it's an addiction you're struggling with, thought life you're struggling with. Maybe you've just been really hard on yourself lately. Just think of something in you that is, is, is dark. Can you, in that moment, see God loving you right there? Can you sense God's loving arms in your darkness, wrapping his loving arms around you? Because he is, he's holding you right there, saying, I Love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. What would it look like in your life if every move you made was defined by this kind of love? What would your life look like if it was was just defined by this overfully love of God in your heart? God, we want that. So God, if there's anything in my thought life, anything in my heart that is blocking me from experiencing love, would you just reveal that to us right now? God, if there's anything in my heart that is blocking me from experiencing your love, would you reveal that to me? And God, we thank you that even there may be a block there that, that you're even loving us in that, <laughs> that that doesn't stop your love for us. So God, we love you. And I pray, God, for anyone listening today that has never experienced your love. God, that right now that you would just cause waves of your love to crash over them. God, that this week they would have encounters with you, whether it be loud and exciting or very quiet and still, that they would experience your love in the good, and also in the difficult. So God, we thank you for your unending, unstoppable love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.